0: Welcome to the Healthcare Real Estate Advisor Podcast. I'm Andrew Dick. I'm an attorney with Hall Rinder, the largest healthcare-focused law firm in the country. Today we are broadcasting from the Healthcare Real Estate Legal Summit in Scottsdale, Arizona. My guest today is Karat Karode, the founder and CEO of Healter. We're going to talk about his uh, career and how he ended up founding a uh, a tech startup company. So Karat, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Andrew.
0: So before we jump into your business, talk a little bit about your background and uh, you have a unique uh, story to tell and uh, tell us a little bit about
1: it. Sure. Uh, I uh, started my career in hospital administration. Uh, I went to uh, grad school at uh, Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. Started my career uh, at the VA hospital in Pittsburgh. Uh, I had the opportunity to Uh, work with the uh, transplant program there and separate the transplant program to be uh, the first independent in-house liver and kidney transplant program based out of the VA hospital in the country and that was my administrative residency uh, and kind of opened my eyes to compliance world regulatory uh, issues and uh, fostered my interest in going to law school Uh, but coming out of grad school I was uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of funds didn't want to pay for law school and I was fortunate enough to find an opportunity where uh, Health System, the University of Pennsylvania, paid for me to go to law school at night uh, across town uh, in Philadelphia uh, while I was working at Penn. Um, so after that, I, uh, I continued in hospital administrations, did law school uh, while I was working, uh, completed law school, uh, learned a, a lot about uh, compliance and and uh, regulatory. Health law was my uh, particular focus. and. Uh, it helped me understand a lot of the nuances as I was going through different business development and operations roles uh, to understand the complexities and also have uh, intelligent, intelligent conversations with the general counsel in the facilities, so that we could have some healthy discussions about what was appropriate and what wasn't appropriate in, in the risk spectrum. Uh, and so uh, I, uh, I stayed in hospital administration for almost uh, 20 years. Uh, uh, working in all kinds of different uh, organizations, both nonprofit, profit for-profit uh, publicly traded, uh, for-profit privately owned. Uh, and it just opened me up to a gamut of, of sort of issues, both from a strategic perspective as well as an operational perspective that uh, really kind of set the stage for um, the creation of Healter.
0: So um, you have this healthcare administration background, you have a law degree. Um, at what point did you say, gosh, I want to I want to start a technology company. I mean, that's a pretty big transition.
1: Sure, sure. Well, you know, I, I think the theme throughout uh, my career, uh, regardless of the setting that I was in, was uh, really focused on uh, making convenient ambulatory uh, care settings for uh, patients. And, uh, and, dr- and with the physician shortage that exists nationally, uh, to me it's very important to foster that medical office uh, ecosystem because I think uh, you know, the medical offices are really the unheralded uh, hero to me in the whole health system. Uh, everything that you do, from uh, the most complex of procedures to uh, the very basic, the, the birth of a, ch- a child doesn't happen at a medical office, but certainly the first conversations do. Uh, and the NRC actually just put out research that eighty percent of uh, of decisions that patients make are based on uh, convenience of of the provider's location. And so, to me, medical office locations and, uh, was always extremely uh, critical. And so, uh, there, as, as a hospital administrator, I always feel, I, I felt, I feel today, too, that there almost should be term limits on, on how long you stay in hospital administration before you're forced to do something that, that really changes the world. Because, uh, as an administrator, you see all kinds of issues that, uh, that, that you know that, hey, if, if somebody had a solution like this, this would solve a problem. Uh, and I think that too often hospital uh, executives stay in positions; they move from one facility to the other. They ha- they come up to these realizations, and it just kind of goes out, you know, out the window. And I really wanted to focus on on this because I see it as an important issue, especially as uh, the uh, as we move to more of a value-based uh, world, and as uh, more services are done outside the hospital facility. I think it's critical to have. Uh, a technology where it makes it easier for doctors and hospitals to to access uh, and create timeshare spaces and places where patients want them to be.
0: So let's stop there. So uh, hospital administration, you find a pain point uh, with how hospitals are managing owning uh, the real estate, and what is the what, what, when did the light bulb go on? And you say, here's a problem. I need to find a solution. Um, and uh, talk a little bit about that. What, what exactly was wh- what was that moment like? And, and talk about the pain point that you're trying to solve for.
1: Sure. Um, I, I think there's to, to boil it down to just one or two might be a little difficult. I think there's a, a whole uh, there's a whole subset of problems that that kind of compound the issue of medical office time sharing. Uh, first is just basically that right now, uh, like 50 years ago, if a physician wanted to look for, for a medical office space in a new commu- community and they didn't want to spend uh, an inordinate amount for um, uh, creating cap- you know, capital costs and, and leasing out a facility for 10 years, uh, there's really, really uh, few options that exist besides calling around to every building in town to try to find space. Um, so on the front end, there's that problem that exists on the back end is a big, the bigger issue of, uh, of whether hospitals are, uh, when they enter arrangements with physicians, if they remain compliant with Stark and anti-kickback statutes. Uh, and both of those issues kind of came up in various points of my career um, a number of times as both we were trying to place physicians out into communities that we didn't have a presence, uh, hub and spoke type of strategy. Uh, as well as uh, issues where we have timeshares with physicians, and we're trying to manage it as best we can, but there's just a whole whole host of compounding issues that uh, that uh, take place and uh, make it a little bit complicated to manage that that process for both the administrators uh, as well as the physicians, uh, which leads to uh, lapses in uh, payments and uh, potentially down the road uh, could lead to key temp. So. Um, I, I can't say that I can't pinpoint a moment in time necessarily that uh, that I came to the realization I think it was over the course of a, a few years that I realized that this was really something that um, that needed to be addressed and uh, was extremely important
0: so getting those specialists out in the community trying to document those arrangements, trying to ensure that they're fair market value. And, and you're really focused on the timeshare space, is that correct?
1: That's correct, yep.
0: And so for our listeners, a uh, timeshare space being a physician can go use some clinical space for a half a day, a day, a couple days throughout the month, but there's no long-term commitment. It's just buying blocks of time. Is That's that
1: what... That's right. Um, I mean, if it's a uh, a hospital leasing to the physician, there's uh, the commercial reasonless terms that uh, there ha- it has to be set in advance in terms of the rate and has to be a year long uh, in terms of the lease. Uh, there, depending on who the owners are and the relationships, those those factors change a little bit. Uh, REITs have a have a different uh, you know uh, they can they can lease it for, at at different amounts of time than uh, than hospitals. can when they have a referral a referring arrangement with the physician. Um, so uh, it's, a, uh, it's certainly it's, it's a very small uh, amount of time, or it could be two, three days. But right now, there's no uh, technology platform. If you wanted to buy a building, you could find that online. You could buy, buy a medical office building. You could lease uh, a 10,000-square-foot uh, space that's uh, completely shell and build it out yourself. You could find those opportunities. But if you wanted to look for second-generation space, per se, uh, one day a week or two days a week. That's going to be really hard uh, unless you, you're picking up the phone and calling around at this point.
0: So timeshare space is is the, the area you're working in and you recognized really maybe two pain points. One is there's not a way to connect uh, landlord and tenant who wants to enter into these type of timeshare arrangements, at least not efficiently. And then there's that compliance issue, star kickback if it's two providers who want to enter into these arrangements. There's often not a lot of money exchanging hands, but the risk is uh, quite great if they get it wrong,
1: That's correct. right?
0: And, yep. and you witness that as a hospital administrator, healthcare professional.
1: That's correct.
0: So talk about heal to her, and how does it solve for those problems?
1: So we uh, essentially solve for six different issues, uh, and those are pain points that we've learned through uh, not just my own experience, but countless conversations uh, with hospital executives, uh, medical office owners, physicians. Uh, and as, as we've developed the product, and we're still very uh, early, uh, early stage, but as we've developed the product, um, we now have 70 customers ar- around the country. We have uh, three health systems in the pipeline as well for our compliance product. So we've had the opportunity to, to talk with many executives and I think it's extremely important as we grow that we keep that al- alignment uh, and, and discussions with the, the, uh, the customer very close to what we're trying to build. Those six pain points that we've uh, encountered are a lack of accountability on who owns the timeshare. So, in a health system, there's multiple different angles uh, by which a timeshare uh, becomes active. For example, business development may bring the doctor in. Uh, they court the doctor for a couple years, then they hand off the arrangement to maybe a practice administrator who, who has a space that's there uh, for employee doctors. The actual leasing goes to the accounts uh, receivable department and finance, who's, who's tracking payments uh, there's all these different hands kind of involved in, in that process. And when there's break, a breakdown, there's really few people that are accountable in terms of, of who's actually responsible for that. So that's the first one. That triggers things like payment lapses, which is the second issue that we've heard quite a bit. So physician either forgets to, to pay or now they've been there for a year and, you know, Dr. Jones has decided that it's time that he stopped paying because he's doing a lot for the hospital. And as an administrator, we have heard that quite a bit as well. Uh, the third is the lack of, of communication that exists uh, between tenants and, and the physicians who are uh, valuable parts of this ecosystem, and, and hospitals often look at medical offices as being an incubator to build a broader relationship with the doctor within the inpatient facility, and yet uh, the lack of communication about the space issues that exist themselves if something's broken or not, uh, not uh, fixed, uh, the doctor, that could also ruin strategically the relationship with the doctor. Um, the sixth the, the, the fourth one that we've heard quite a bit is uh, space creep so physician has space uh, and they uh, decide you know they're they're uh, paying for two exam rooms they decide to you know take a third because nobody's there that's obviously not okay either uh, we we've also encountered a, a lot, an organizational history gap that exists when uh, there's mergers and acquisitions and and people who have an Excel spreadsheet somewhere are no longer a part of the organization and, and now many hospitals are combining into one and centralizing their real estate function and uh, and uh, and have no way to sort of track what's going on in, in these new facilities that they've acquired. And then finally it's it's really the core issue of the front end piece which is underutilized medical space that's not being optimized by uh by the hospital and often employed medical groups that are uh, affiliated with hospitals either through a captive pc uh, or another arrangement often have specialists and that they have out in the communities and they're willing to take a loss on those employed specialists but a big part of that overhead is where their, their offices are located and when a physician is at the, out doing surgery or the rounding at the hospital uh, in days when those offices are not used, those uh, lack of optimization creates overhead challenges for for the medical group.
0: So I'm hearing uh, you hit on a number of points that I'm very familiar with. Uh, one, this the compliance issue, and and but but also that timeshare arrangements historically haven't gotten the attention they deserve. Uh, you know, the health system administrators will say, yeah, a couple hundred dollars a month, even if we don't collect or we mess this up, it's not a big deal, when, when right. in reality it's a very big deal. Um, and then you've also talked about um, efficiency of timeshare spaces. So historically, if a hospital has some timeshare space, you're right. Uh, maybe they rent out a couple blocks of time throughout the month, and the rest, it's just sitting idle, right, not right. generating any revenue, not helping their, their further the health system's mission. So, and that's what you're hitting on, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're hoping to make that space more efficient, and how do you do that?
1: Right. So we have three uh, basic uh, products within our, our uh, technology that we're building right now. Healter uh, Market is the front-end piece of it uh, and relates to onboarding. Uh, he, uh, the Healter Recon is our compliance engine and the third piece is heal through MD and that's more of our management uh, function. Uh, each of those plays a different role. The front-end marketplace uh, is like an Airbnb for medical offices if you will uh, and it, it will it, as we're building this so we've started, uh, I, I wanted to point out, we've started uh, as a non-technical person, as a non-technology person, I've, uh, I've now surrounded myself with a lot of resources of really experienced technical people uh, but my, my goal from the beginning was really to be very basic and prove out the concept uh, that this is real and really figure out our product market fit uh, in terms of what we're doing so that we're not spending a whole lot of money and resources to build the technology that's fancy and, and really doesn't serve anybody's purpose. So uh, what we've done is really create a basic uh, front end uh, splash website right now for to prove out the concept around Hielter market. Uh, And right now, we have 70 70 customers. We've already started generating revenue, which is really exciting. Uh, The Healter compliance, the recon piece of it, uh, which is a compliance engine, is where we're working with health health systems to uh, figure out ways uh, to take their best practices from across the country. Uh, And the health systems that we're working with all have these pain points, and so they're really willing to work together in terms of building a product and, and improving our product from what I believe is the ideal to really what the customer believes is, is crucial in terms of making the compliance product effective. Uh, and the third piece of the Hielter MD, uh, is, is, a further, uh, is gonna be further down in our technical development, but really de- deals with how are we going to manage that space creep issue effectively uh, and use uh, technologies appropriately uh, whether it be machine learning, whether it be uh, some sort of distributed ledger, a combination of those, uh, including IoT, things that we can use to basically make take our technology and make it easier to manage uh, the utilization of these spaces and do it in a in a compliant manner. Um, so those are the three uh, basic areas that we're we're working on.
0: So the marketplace idea is pretty interesting. So Airbnb gets a lot of attention, um, but this product will allow a physician for example to potentially find unused or, or available timeshare space is that the right way to look at it
1: absolutely so uh, available timeshare spaces in areas where they're looking um, we also we we give the control i mean a lot of the control in in that process is obviously with the the uh... physician that has the space the landlord uh... so to speak so the physician landlord really has uh, has to make the decision about who they want to welcome into the space, and so in these conversations that we're having, uh, and it depends on area. There's there's some specialties that really aren't welcome uh, from a competitive perspective or from a perception spe- perspective, and we honor those requests as we're we're, we're uh, developing our protocol uh, to make those arrangements. So um, it's not completely. Uh, I, it's not exactly like Airbnb in that um, you know there are certain restrictions of who's coming into the space that we uh, allow, but we are creating that uh, that mechanisms to 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 be able to bring physicians into communities and into spaces that uh, in in blocks of times in these timeshare increments that uh, that they're looking to come into.
0: What would that look like? You log you get online and you log into Heal Tour. And, you know, depending on what market you're in at some point, I know you're, 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 the company's relatively new, yep. but as you grow out in certain areas around the country, someone could find available, either list, I guess, or find available timeshare space. Is that right?
1: That's, yeah, ultimately that's what's going what's gonna to happen. Um, I, I, I suspect that this summer we're going to be doing some uh, private launches uh, in, in particular regions of the country that we've already realized are, are pretty hot. Uh, hot areas from the 70 customers that have signed up so far, um, and those are areas where we're really going to fine-tune the the product itself and make sure that it's delivering and the quality's high before we kind of roll it out to five or six markets and, and so forth and so on, uh, and and so we're really excited about some of the partnerships that we're creating, some of the uh, things that we'll be announcing uh, very soon about alignments we've made uh, with, with uh, members of Really prominent members of the real estate community, um, really a who's who of BOMA MOB, if you if you if you will, in terms of who's uh, going to be who's helping us and is already on our board, um, and so we are uh, we are envisioning a scenario where it's in alignment both with brokers, uh, with physician uh, physician liaisons and hospital executives, uh, as well as uh, the the general marketing to the, the the community of physicians at large that are looking for spaces and have spaces
0: so let's talk about the second component uh the recon component compliance it's a big deal in the timeshare world. What will the Healtor platform offer a healthcare provider in terms of compliance
1: well it's it's really the management uh, and the the ability to account for on a monthly basis that the transactions that are happening and any changes that that might create a trigger. Uh, for example, if a physician stops paying in the middle of their their lease, uh, that sort of compliance alert and that chain of command uh, at a very basic level will be a, will be fun- will be a function that we'll have uh, through the Helter Recon platform. But the compliance engine is being built to track those payments on a monthly basis. We're also um, l- looking forward to building APIs with different data sources around the fair market value, specifically, um, so that if there are changes, so that these quote-unquote some of these in a discussion I was having the other day there's a physician who had a space had a lease that was an evergreen uh, for 20 years and now um, you know they're paying significantly and have for many years been paying significantly under fair market value Uh, with heal to recon that won't be possible because we'd have caught that at the beginning and and I think that's an important piece to to highlight because um, in in my experience uh, in the experiences I've heard from hospital executives it's one thing if you go approach a physician who hasn't paid a month in and say, "Hey, doc, you know, you've forgotten to pay, uh, something must have gone wrong with the setup. It's a very different conversation 18 months later when, when the person hasn't been paid, and now they've incurred thousands of dollars in, in, in fees and penalties that they, they now are, are owed or are owed the hospital, uh, and they've also been bringing a ton of admissions, and they're now the rock star of the, the hospital. And so um, that immediate commu- communication component is going to be a big part of recon as well.
0: Yeah, because those non-compliant arrangements can really j- uh, create tough conversations between providers, and jeopardize those relationships. Right. Um, and yeah. it's also
1: who I mean, it, it, you know, going back to the point of, earlier about accountability. Um, you know, if there's a clerk in finance who realizes that you know th- there's been a non-payment, they might try to escalate it through the channels that they have. But you know, they get buried with work. They're trying to reach out to a business development person who, you know, really what they've been spending two years trying to recruit this physician. Do they really want to be shaking that person down now for for uh, for a lack of payment, uh, along with kind of just the culture that that often is created? Uh, you know, as you pointed out earlier about. You know it's $200 really a big deal here and there and you know if you really think about the downstream uh, revenue which even though many hospitals don't want to talk about really that's really what what it's all about is the downstream revenue that these physicians are bringing to the hospital which is in the, in millions of dollars in some cases and are they really gonna irritate the the physician about you know $200 here or there um, you know it's something that's that's difficult to have when you don't address it right away and proactively
0: so the way I envision this platform working, um, uh, almost like a, not only do you have this Airbnb-type component where you can shop for space uh, or list space, uh, you've got this compliance component that helps you manage the space. So almost like a uh, property management-type platform. Is that a way to think about it?
1: Yeah, in, in some ways, it's it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a property management platform, but really it addresses this particular pain point around around timeshares and and these uh, these arrangements that exist so you know we're not trying to do everything to everyone um we're really trying to address this this property management as you know andrew is is such a wide um you know span of spectrum of things that uh that get covered and what we're really trying to do is provide a specific value set Around this pain point that everybody seems to have, and everybody seems to hate medical office timeshares. But they, yeah, you know, the word that keeps com- or the phrase that keeps coming up to me is necessary evil. Um, medical office timeshares are something that every hospital needs. Everyone, every hospital, um, you know, wants to have, but it's just a pain to manage. And that's really the specific property management issue that we're we're trying to tackle.
0: So uh, the third. Uh, benefit, which sounds like will be developed maybe a little bit later on this, this Hielter MD that that will help you manage the space. Uh, give us a little bit of more information about what that might do when you build that out.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that uh, with, with Hielter MD, there certainly is going to be uh, an integration beyond just the uh, online technology, but into more of a hardware integration. Um, so, you know, for example, uh, the act, of the the monitoring of the spaces itself, and, and you know, for the folks that really are the health systems that really are on the uber end of being compliant, um, you know, these are the folks that we're talking to about, you know, what what can we do about the space to, uh, to a from from the get go. Uh, create a 3D visual of of the space and what it looks like. What it looks like today. What's in there. You know, having uh, potentially RFIDing some of the equipment that's in there. Uh, looking at the activation of, and and the doors as a key component of of you know who's entering the space, when they entered, uh, how long they they were there, uh, and tracking that utilization. And it also ultimately. Uh, if things go according to plan, will also be an automatic uh, indicator that would prompt you know us to, to alert the uh, the the medical office owner that they have underutilized space if they have blocks and you know, weeks and weeks that go by without a room or two rooms or a part of the space or all the space not being utilized on a particular day of the week. Um, and so then it basically will f- fuel the HILTER market and get us to you know, more activity on that, that end too. So um, Hiltor MD is really going to be uh, one of the things that we will build out over time uh, once we really have the first two components built out. But I'm really excited about it. I think there's a lot of application that, that will come. And, and depending on the needs of our customers, we'll adapt and, and we'll speed up the development timeline to, to address those needs sooner rather than later if we have to.
0: Well, this is fascinating. I think there, there is definitely a need for a product like this. Um, uh, talk about, uh, the, the, you founded the company not, not so long ago and have made quite a bit of progress in a short amount of time. Talk, talk about that from the point when you founded the company. Uh, how, how long ago was that?
1: Yeah, so we, uh, we started the company in January uh, of this year, so not too long ago. Uh, I've obviously been thinking about it a lot longer than that, but uh, we became a C corp uh, in, in January and started uh, started at, at that point. But uh, since that uh, that time, I you know we have uh, even though we're a small team, I have a, uh, a set of developers. There's uh, a few people that are helping me out. This we we have annual goals and we have uh quarterly goals that we track weekly in terms of the progress and and in the first six months one of the things i really wanted to do is make relationships with with the industry uh get you know there's a lot of stuff even having done this for for almost 20 years there's a lot of things that i don't know and i'm learning things every day Uh, and so really getting closer to the customers whether they be the physicians the hospital executives the property management companies uh, the brokers uh, and really understanding what these pain points were from from a, a, a macro perspective so that I'm not making ups- assumptions about what the product should be or, or should ultimately look like. And, and so I've really been thrilled. I mean, I've, I've uh, met a ton of people. I've had uh, hundreds of conversations about medical office timeshares. I joke around. I'm like the Bubblegum Gump shrimp guy for, for medical office timeshares because I'm always going around talking about medical office timeshares. But um, it, it's really been fascinating, and everyone has a different perspective, and everyone the, the common uh, sentiment is that these are a pain uh, to deal with, but if we have a solution that comes in and can fix this, it would be extremely valuable to a lot of people. And I, you know, the, the one of the very interesting things I, I and and this sort sort of, I was so focused on the United States. And uh, last uh, last week, I was contacted by by uh, one person in Canada and one person from Australia. Uh, and so, as we're looking at our addressable market, I mean, it's a lot larger than I uh, initially expected this would be. So, um, I think there's a lot of applications that, that we're probably not even thinking about when we look at uh, the global um, the global market uh, just yet. But you know, we have we have to walk before we can run, and, and you know, that's exactly what we're doing right now. So, the first six months have been have been really uh, busy and active, and um, you know, I, we we value the key uh, KPIs around. Uh, around revenue as being uh, our north star in terms of how we're uh, we're developing the company and what what things what metrics we're looking at to grow, and so uh, you know we're we wanted to get to uh, having revenue, uh, ideally uh, even before the technology was completely rolled out, uh, which I'm I'm thrilled that we've done uh, the traction from uh, from having customers join uh, as quickly as they've been joining and the health systems' interest. Uh, and and just the, the tremendous amount of interest and, and activity and the, the uh, as will be reflected in our in our announcement of our board uh, our advisory board very soon, which which really reflects a, a whole s- uh, spectrum of, of thought leaders in, in the healthcare real estate uh, world.
0: So, um, as we wrap up here, talk um, a little bit about your vision over the next five years, and and what what does Healter look like five years from now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think five years from now, five to seven years from now, there's going to be, uh, ideally, it'll be a, a, in the medical office world, there'll be a, a household name, if you will. Um, everyone will know that this is the gold standard to turn to when it, as it relates to medical office um, marketplace and, and compliance. Uh, marketplaces aren't easy to develop. Um, there's just so many different factors in there and there's a lot of things that, that could trip up our success. But you know, I think if we stay grounded and we really stay close to what the c- customer need and really keep fine tuning um, the, the product market fit, uh, then I think that we'll get to a place in five years where, you know, it's very possible that we are not only um, in medical offices and a household name for medical offices in the United States, but around the world.
0: How can uh, our listeners find you and Healter if they're interested
1: in the product? Sure. I think the easiest way is probably just email me. Uh, my email is K-I-R-A-T at Healter, H-E-A-L-T-O-R dot N-E-T. Uh, please feel free to email me <laughs> and uh, and uh, share your thoughts or any any questions I can answer. I'm happy to do that.
0: And so, if providers want to try the product out or be involved in developing the product, they can just reach out to you.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Right now, we we have a very basic splash website right now where we're uh, lead generating through a contact form. Uh, and you know, I'm having discussions uh, even through our. Uh, our chat room sometimes where I, you know, I'll take the, the, the helm and be answering chat questions from, from folks who interact through our website, uh, and you know, the questions range in spectrum from compliance issues to, you know, how how do we actually, how can uh, what what they're actually looking for in terms of space, uh, and so uh, you know, if they want to reach out to me, they can they can certainly reach out through our, our website Hielter.net. Uh We have a contact form on there. Uh, again, it's a very basic site, but it's uh, up and running, and, uh, and, our, and my email would be the best way.
0: Terrific. Karat, thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast. I want to uh, thank our audience for listening as well. On your Apple or Android device, please subscribe to the podcast and leave feedback for us. We also publish a newsletter called the Healthcare Real Estate Advisor. To be added to the list, please email me, Andrew Dick, at uh, A D I C K at